We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everyone, to another installment of the Orange and Blue View. Coming to you live on this Saturday. One of the co-hosts, Ron White NFL. To my right, your left, my partner in crime, Thomas Hall, NFL. Hey, Thomas, how are you doing on this nice and hot <laughs> Saturday? Yeah, <laughs> doing good. It is cooking out there, man. It's hard to hard to get outside when it's really hot, but uh, yeah, doing really well. Um, enjoying the uh, you know enjoying the weekend, and and happy to be joining you all on uh, on a Saturday night. Hopefully, we have a good crowd. We got you know it's it's always good to see. Uh, you know, John Elway speak about the current Broncos. I know he's not no longer a part of it, but you know, all of the uh, Super Bowls except one uh, was under him being part of the team. So it's always good, and people should listen when when he talks. So uh, I'm I'm excited to talk about uh, stuff tonight. So uh, I'm ready to kick it off. So cool, cool, yeah. And we want, we will get to that. Um, but first, let's go ahead and just say hey to a few folks here in the chat. We got Dylan Von Arks coming in here. He says, "Sup, Bronco Country? Make sure you hit that like button on the way in." Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Yes, again, to everyone, if you don't do anything else, please do those three things. And we, again, we appreciate everyone's support in doing those three things and helping us with all the platforms. We got Kevin Gray coming in here. Kevin says, evening, Thomas, Ron, and Scott. No, Scott, it's just the two of us, but we will give Scott (laughs) our regards for you. Big mile high salute to Broncos country. DB for life, MHH for life. Yes, thank you, Kevin. Welcome in. Good to have you here. And then we got Mike S coming in here. Thank you, Mike. Hopefully you're doing well on this on this nice Saturday as well. He says, what's up, Thomas, Ron, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country? Well, what's up with you? Mike. Again, hopefully you are having a nice Saturday, and it's always good to have you here in the chat. Yeah, and, and I just wanted to if anybody's gonna be at camp that's jumping in here, let us know. Let us know let us know in the chat because I'm gonna be there. Luke's gonna be there. So while you're while we're talking, throw it in the chat if you're gonna be there. Cause I, I wanna, you know, a lot of you guys have uh have come in here to support us, to talk to us. It'd be nice to, you know, actually meet you person to person. So let us know if you're gonna go. Really, uh, it's only it's only a couple weeks away. I mean, we're almost there, so it's uh coming right up. Yes, and I'm interested, you know, to know exactly what you guys are looking forward to, um, to seeing at training camp as well. Sure. You know, you know, there's so many different, you know, battles out there, you know, with the revamp offensive line, that should be an intriguing um, position group to look at the secondary. So yeah, definitely feel free to provide us, um, with kind of what you're looking for, um, some of the matchups in training camp. Um, and we will definitely be discussing those as well. Yeah. So we got Ernie Mays yeah. coming in here. Thank you, Ernie. Says hello, Thomas and Ron. Go Broncos country. Well, Thank you, sir. You. Appreciate Thank you too. coming in. And uh, you know, talking about training camp before we jump into all this other stuff, uh, Ron. I actually just put out uh, a show where I had uh, and I tweeted out the little segments from it as well about the four things that you really, as a fan, you should go look for to kind of see. It. Besides the uh, you know the position battles and I mean those are all how how well certain people are doing, but as a team overall, what you should kind of be looking for, and that's what I'm going to be looking for out there. 
you know, this, does this team, are they playing as a team? Are they handling that fatigue and stuff like that? So, you know, go check that out. Uh, and then when you're there, see if you see that along with the position battles. And I mean, we're going to get into detail. We're going to check out, you know, who, who's really uh, out there working hard uh, individually, who's doing the, you know, winning the the battle one-on-one, so to speak, or whatever. But uh, yeah, check that out. So yeah, and thanks, uh, thanks, Bigger, for coming in. We really appreciate it seeing, seeing you here tonight. Yes, most definitely. And we got Michael Ronquillo, the man and the legend. We appreciate you, Michael, coming in and supporting us um, like with all the platform, with all the platforms. So thank you very much for your continued support. He says, good evening, Thomas and Ron on Orange and Blue View. Go Broncos and buck them. Yes, buck them. Buck <laughs> Again, get your fucking you. shirt. <laughs> yeah, get the buck <laughs> shirt. Buck them three times, right? I, yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. Um, again, yeah, thank yeah. you, Mike and Mike, for coming in. Uh, we, we appreciate you. And then we want to also. Oh, yep. There's, yeah, there there's it is. The, Go uh, to the website to get your swag on. Tom. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But yeah, thanks for the support. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael always comes in with Facebook stars. We we really appreciate that, uh, Michael, and I appreciate you being here. So throw some comments into the chat, and we'll we'll get to them. Definitely, most definitely. And we got a super chat here from David McGrath. Thank you, David, for the $5 super chat. We appreciate you as always. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Ron, Thomas, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag 15 days. Hashtag <laughs> MHH for life. Hashtag what I just said. Buck them three times. Yes. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Again, David. Thank you for your continued support as well. You know, we appreciate you, my man. All right. And then we got Gary Palmer coming in. Yeah. With another, a, another big time uh, super chat. Yes. Thank you, Gary. Got the legends coming in here. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gary says, hello, Thomas, Ron, Scott, and Dylan. Go Broncos. Buck them. And Gary, thank you for being here. I hope you're going to be at training camp. But if not, I hope to see you at the meet and greet. Uh, like we did last year. I know you uh, you made it out there last year. So it'd be great to uh, to say hi, see you, and uh, see you again. And, and you know, I think – I actually think a lot of us are going to be at the meet and greet, Ron. Like, I actually think almost the entire crew, save a few people maybe. I know that, you know, it's hard uh, – some, sometimes hard for everybody to get there. But most of us are going to be out there at the meet and greet. So that's going to be great. It's going to be great fun. Yes, most definitely. And Keith, my man, Keith Brugman coming in saying the plan is to go to training camp. Got the tickets. If I make it, I would love to meet up with some Mile High Huddle crew. Yeah, it's just going to be Luke and I, uh, from all I know, is going to be out there at camp. Just Luke and I. I'm going to be there for the first week of August for sure. So if you're there with the first week of August, I'll be there. It'd be great to great to say hi to you, Keith, and uh, you know, meet you in person. So I've talked to you quite a few times here and on Twitter. So it'll be uh, it'd be good. But yeah, it'd be fun to kind of kick around uh, your ideas, what you see out there on the field too. So definitely come find us. We'll we'll be out there for sure. Cool, cool. Thank you guys. So we want to um, kind of get into the topic for tonight, um, which centers around the former Broncos quarterback and Super Bowl winning general manager, Jar lovely John Elway. So John yeah, Elway legend. recently caught up, yes, <laughs> with uh, Denver 7, um, expressing, you know, how he feels about, you know, the hire of Sean Payton, uh, Russell Wilson. And he he made some, he made some um, good remarks. So I quote, he says, I am excited. He's a perfect fit, meaning Sean Payton, for where we are right now, where the Broncos are right now. Obviously, he has a lot of skin on the wall. He's won a Super Bowl before and won a ton of football games. I don't think there could have been a better fit. I think he will be great. And then he goes on to say, in regards to Russell Wilson in the QB position, that Sean has a great feel for the QB position. He's so knowledgeable on the offensive side. I think he knows what Russ will do the best. Like every football team, we have to try to run the ball and run it successfully. And if we do that, it gives Russell a much better chance to be successful in the passing game. Wilson is such a positive guy. I think he's excited about it with what was going on last year, a lot of different things. Sean brings in so much experience. I think Russell is looking forward to that coach to put him in the best position to be successful. It was a tough year for him last year, but 
he's positive and tough. He will bounce back, and I think he's going to have a much better year this We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Year. So yes, yeah. that that's you know that that was a good mouthful. But coming from the Broncos legend himself. And, you know, I can say that a lot of fans um, are optimistic and would share some of those same sentiments. You know, as far as, you know, I think we all know Sean Payton resume, you know, it doesn't really have to be rehashed. Um, you know, he's won a Super Bowl with the Saints. He's one of the best offensive minds that we have out here. Um, so I think with the scheme and then, you know, letting Russell be Russell doing certain times in his offense. Um, is going to pan out well for this offense. But also, we know that uh, Elway is right as well in the fact that you have to run the ball successfully. Because, again, running the football, we know, kind of opens up the passing game. So you kind of have to run to set up the pass. Um, And I think Sean Payton will definitely be putting this team in those situations, you know, to run the ball and then let Russ cook, you know, when the opportunity is there. And then I also would like to see, I think we discussed this last time, Thomas, of running the ball and running the clock out, you know, especially like those two minute type drills, you know, ideally we would want the Broncos to kind of be in winning position to be up and just run the ball um, down their throats to kind of make that time, make the opposing teams tired. So, you know, I love what Elway said here. I mean, I I think it's, you know, again, I, I think that's what we're, we're expecting that, you know, there will be heavy emphasis on the run game and then that will set Russ up for success for when those passing opportunities come, um, they'll be there. Well, I mean, he's a legend in, in Broncos country, so it's great to listen to him, but even that said, and I know people have given him kind of a bad, uh, rep, uh, after, uh, you know, he's kind of struggled in the draft and the team didn't get a quarterback and all of that. So, you know, as a GM, they're kind of, kind of, uh, you know, down on, on John Elway, but here's the thing, the things he said, he has experienced firsthand. That's why he's saying what he's saying, right? He has experienced both of these things firsthand. So number one, talking about bringing in the right coach at the right time. He did that as a GM. He brought in John Fox to solidify that team, kind of bring them all together because he knew he's an experienced coach. He knew he had what it took to to do what needed to be done after the Josh McDaniels uh, disaster, right? I mean, that team was in disarray, turmoil, and it was uh, it was pretty uh, it was pretty bleak. And John Fox came in, and I, you know, I have my res- you know, my own uh, opinion of how good John Fox is, you know, you know, uh, to get them to the championship and and actually win it and stuff like that. But besides that. John Elway lived that. He knew what he was doing when he did that. And he sees the same thing because Sean Payton is exactly what this team needs. This team has been pretty, pretty bad 
for too long and they needed somebody to come in and change the entire mentality of the team. That's number one. Number two, when it comes to the running game and the quarterback, he knows it as well because he, you know, for a long time, they did not, they had an okay running game in the Broncos, uh, you know, under Dan Reeves, but they didn't have the team around to really execute what Dan Reeves wanted to do. And it wasn't until Mike Shannon came in, Alex Gibbs came in, turned that running game into the zone blocking scheme, brought Terrell Davison and some offensive linemen that could execute it. And then he won two Super Bowls and retired a champion. So he knows exactly what he's talking about. So you can, people can go on and say, oh yeah, John Elway, you know, he, he failed as a GM in the end, whatever. This is two things that he knows firsthand uh, what he's talking about. So uh, people should should kind of perk up and listen to it. So it, it does help to build confidence in in me uh, going into the season with these Broncos. That that I really think that uh, he you know he really hit the nail on the head with those two comments. And Gary's coming back in. Just wanted to say that he would love to go to training camp, but he's not in the cards. But he will be at the meet and greet. Awesome. So right. it'll be great to uh, great to see you at the meet and greet, Mike. Uh, you know you're not gonna be able to training camp either, but that's too bad. I, I'd like to meet you too. But hey, you know what? It's hard to get out there. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, you, it, it is fun, though. I will tell you, it, it's fun to be out there. You get to meet some of the old players, some of the new players. It's, it's pretty fun. So, yeah, anyway, thanks for coming in and saying that. But, uh, yeah, I think – I actually, Ron, I, I don't, I, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. But mm -hmm. here, here's what I think about – everybody keeps pointing to the running game as going to be – like everybody thinks this is going to be a run-heavy offense. And I, I actually don't, I don't actually believe that it's going to be run heavy. Um, I think they've made a lot of moves to be able to run the ball pretty effectively, but I keep looking at what has transpired with bringing in Sean Payton, right? Sean Payton is number one goal is to, to get a winning team out there. Number two is to fix Russell Wilson, which will help lead to more wins. So fixing Russell Wilson is, you know, he has to be able to show that he can do that. Right. So he's going to have him pass, <laughs> but just look at the stable of weapons they have in the passing game. It is. I mean, I, I love Javante Williams. He's coming back from injury. You know, there's a little bit unknown in the run game, but you have so many weapons in the passing game. I think they're going to pass a little bit more than people actually are going to expect, even after the moves they've made to make it look like they're going to focus on the run. Yeah. And I, I, I agree, Thomas. I, I think, you know, it's not going to be, there's going to be a heavy emphasis, let's put it this way, on the running game. Sure. Now, you know, I know people like to kind of divvy it up with percentages. And, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> be designed to kind of just say, hey, it's going to be 60% versus 40% passing, you know, it's, but it's going to be a heavy emphasis on the running game because, you know, we, John Payton in the past and what I've seen from New Orleans, he doesn't he doesn't go away from it all. But you're right. We have the weapons for the passing game. So I think if the running game does start to churn, you will see those app, those opportunities there to pass. Because, again, we have the weapons for that. You know, we have Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick coming back from injury um, and the tight end uh, Troutman and then Dulcich as well. So. You know, the weaponry is there for those passing opportunities to be frequent and often, for sure. But, you know, I, I want Broncos fans to just know that there's going to be heavy emphasis with P. Ryan and um, Javante Williams running and toting the rock. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you, Thomas. It, we, we, we'll definitely see some good passing plays. And, you know, even before Sean Payton came to Denver, it, it was – you know, he wants Russell Wilson to, you know, he has a set of lyrics. I think he, I'm paraphrasing, you know, a set of lyrics and he, and he wants Russell to kind of do the tune of those lyrics. Yeah. And what that means obviously is that big playability. We know what Russell can do in the passing game. Um, and those elements, again, those are still going to be there, but, you know, I think this letting Russ cook notion, I think was kind of taken out of context last year. And I think what's going to happen is that we're going to, I think Sean Payton's really trying to reel him in with more emphasis on this running game so that when the scheme and those play sequence designs are there to pass, he can hit on them. 
I got you. I, I hear what you're saying. I just want to quickly say hi to Dom uh, coming and say good evening, Thomas, Ron, and Scott in Broncos country. Denver Broncos for life. Thanks, Dom, for being here. Really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, hopefully we will see you uh, maybe at training camp, maybe at meet and greet, whatever. But uh, it's good to see you. Appreciate it. We got a super chat coming in from Mike. It looks like Eddie or Edel. I can't I can't see for sure. But Mike, thank you so much for the super chat. We very much appreciate the support. And, and you know, if you really want to get our attention and, and have us read your comment, it, it is nice to you know kind of move up to the top with these super chats. But that's not a requirement. But anyway. Thank you so much for the for the super chat. He says, yes, "Good evening, gentlemen. I just wanted to put in my two cents on Cushenberry. Everyone seems to think he will be a problem. I think Sean Payton would know if he was going to be a problem. Just saying, buck him. Yeah, and I talked. I actually wrote something up, and I'll, I'll let you jump in here in just a second, and then I'll keep talking about it. But I wrote up uh, right after free agency kind of kicked off where they were not making any moves for a center at all. Yeah. They just completely kind of ignored that part of the line. And I said, sometimes coaches saw someone coming out of college that they liked and they think that they can fix them, right? They think, Oh, the, the we can fix that player. And Cushionberry has not been, uh, you know, very good. He did improve from his rookie season to a sophomore season slightly. It wasn't great. But then he was in a kind of an unmatch matching offensive scheme, I think, for his abilities. But anyway, I agree. I kind of agree, Mike. Like, I think if Sean Payton really likes Cushenberry, uh, they're going to go with him, and he's going to have to step up. That's the thing is he's going to have to improve. And I, I actually got my fingers crossed. I said he's going to be the dark horse candidate for the surprise player, just because he has to. So, what do you think about Mike's commentary, Ron? Thank you, Mike, for the super chat. You know, we appreciate you. And I, I mean, I, I agree. You know, I, I think if Sean Payton doesn't deem the center position as a problem, then, you know, I, I think, you know, wh what do we know, right? <laughs> you know, again, we could only go by what we saw from, from last year. But, you know, to your point, it makes sense. And Thomas just alluded to it that they didn't prioritize center in free agency and nor in the draft. So you have to go by what what was done, what the front office and Sean Payton decided to do. And I think, you know, Sean Payton has um, trust uh, with his offensive line coach that they can that they can turn Christian Berry into something. And again, you know. From LSU, it was the potential was there, right? We saw what he was doing with Joe Burrow, that that uh, 2019 LSU team. And he, he was he was good. But, you know, we just started to see, again, people getting pushed back in the lap last year, um, getting off blocks. It was just it was just an atrocity. But, you know, I, I think, you know, with this new retooled offensive line and the new offensive coach, that should help Cushenberry. And again, all we can again, all we can say is what we saw last year. But I want him to do well. <laughs> I yeah. want Cushenberry to do well. I think everyone wants him to do well. Yep. It's just a matter of we still, you know, hold our breath just because we we don't know what we're going to get. <laughs> um, but, you know, your point's well taken, and, and I agree. You know, if, if Sean Payton didn't, you know, think he was a problem, then he would address that. He would have had a higher priority on it and addressed it earlier. The yeah, and I think the I think the things Cushenberry has to have done this offseason is get stronger in his base, Agreed. right? Get get yes. stronger, uh, be able to handle that uh, the push from the defensive line, and work on his technique. And and I again, I'm I can't put everything on the coaching and the scheme and everything. Cushenberry has his own issues, but mm -hmm. you know he wasn't. Butchberry was not a coach's, you know, a player's coach, so to speak. He wasn't teaching that much, from what I understand. Yeah. So that probably affected him a little bit. But you know, if 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 Cushenberry can uh, make those changes that he needs to, he had the potential coming out. I I was actually really kind of uh, happy when they drafted him. I thought it was going to be a steal, thing. but um, yeah. uh, you know, he just hasn't kind of materialized. But uh, you know, under good coaching and the right strength and conditioning, he might take that next step and we got michael coming in again saying 
Lloyd Cushenberry versus Kyle Furler versus or Alex Forsyth is what I'm looking out for during training camp. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun battle to watch for sure. I mean, I it, it feels like uh, Fuller is kind of the swing guy, right? He's gonna yeah. swing from guard to center when people are injured. Cushenberry's got the starting job locked locked up. Forsyth is gonna have to have a massive camp in order to unseat him right away because Sean Payton rarely goes with a rookie center in his history. He did it once to start out. He had ended up having to do it for necessity because Olin Cruz got hurt, but he likes those veteran centers. So, uh, and, and that one rookie went with a second round pick. That was a highly touted, uh, highly touted uh, rookie. So uh, it's going to be a tough one for, for source, for, but it is going to be a great bat for sure. Yes, thank you, Mike. And well, the offensive line is as a whole. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But yeah, this is one of the battles that um, is going to catch my to Michael. Um, the, this center battle with Cushenberry and Forsyth. I'm really interested in seeing how this is going to play out for sure. Yeah. And thank you for that. That, that was a good comment. Appreciate yep. it. And Keith we got Keith coming, coming in. in here. Thank you, Keith. Nice. Thank you. This is a great question. He asks, do you think Sean Payton will put more emphasis on coaching weaknesses? or taking advantage of strengths? I think this is a good question, Keith. Um, I would say he's going to take advantage of strengths. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming you're talking, because you said coaching, I'm assuming you're talking about the the, the player strengths, I, w- I would think so. But I'm um, assuming that you're talking about the player strength. Yeah, he's going to definitely take advantage of, of the player strengths. Again, you know, using players kind of what they do best and putting them in those positions to win. Obviously we know Samaj P Ryan coming from Cincinnati. He was, he was a good all around back. And I can see as an example, Sean Payton in certain situations, using him to tote the rock, lining him up as a receiver possibly, and being used in the blocking game. Um, Russell Wilson, as I just alluded to, there'll be those times when those big plays are there. Going back to, you know, using his own lyrics, making sure he can be, <laughs> you know, the tune of his own lyrics, having that big playability. Um, two tight end sets, using those uh, with Dulcich and Troutman um, in the blocking, one for blocking, one for, you know, as a pass catcher. So putting players in the right positions, taking advantage of what they do best. I can see him putting more emphasis on that. And if you're talking about coaches, I would I would also say the same thing. Kind of, you know, advising these position coaches, um, you know, the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator as well, to look at certain matchups and see where the defense um, is vulnerable and using the offense's strength um, to make the big play. So I definitely see a lot of Sean Payton using that um, taking the advantage of the strengths in both the coaching and the players. Yeah, Keith, thanks for the Facebook stars on that. Appreciate the support. I- I'm going to tell you right now, Ron and Keith, the mark of a good leader, someone who really can help lead, is someone who ha- accentuates the strengths of the people that are working for them, right? Yeah. Uh, when you are in business and you have a team, it is so hard to fix their weaknesses. It is much easier to let them do what they're good at than it is to fix all their weaknesses because they, it's a weakness for a reason. These people, right. I mean, some of them are young, they need to learn, but there's a lot of veterans on this team that they've, you know, been here six, seven, eight, ten 10 years, fixing their weaknesses is pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And now, but when you focus on their strengths, you can kind of hide those weaknesses, right? Yes. And even in the scheme, right? If there's a weakness in the scheme, then you can accentuate other parts that kind of hide those deficiencies. So if Sean Payton is going to do his job right as a leader, he is going to accentuate the strengths of his players, his scheme, his coaches, because every team has a weakness. Every team does. In this salary cap area, you can't have elite people everywhere across the board. So you're going to have weak spots here and there. And if Sean Payton can use the strengths to kind of hide those weaknesses, then he is going to be much farther ahead than if he's going out there and he's trying to coach away all their weaknesses. It's just, it's too hard of a task in too little time. I mean, training camp is short. Uh, there's not a lot of padded practices. You get right into preseason. So I'm, at least I'm hoping that's what he does. Cause I think it's going to be way more efficient, way better. And it's going to, it's going to pay dividends for sure. 
Yep. Got Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, uh, what's up with Facebook (laughs) stars. So Lawrence, thanks for jumping in here and really appreciate the support. Yeah, thank you, Lawrence. And we got Todd Austendorf coming in here, going, I think, agreeing with what we're seeing, um, Thomas. Thank you, Todd. He says, Sean is going to emphasize strengths with the Broncos and exploit weaknesses with the other teams. Absolutely correct. Right on the money, Todd. Um, and again, you know, the, the the best indication of a profound, great leader is doing such. You know, exploiting weaknesses of the opponent and emphasizing the strengths. Um, so I definitely see more of um, focus being on the strengths, putting him in those positions um, to make those big plays. Let me grab, bud. Grab this comment. Um, oh, sorry, you got grabbed, Keith. I was going to grab another one, but yeah, uh, that's a. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Keith. That's a. That's one I'm very interested in yes. watching. Cream, Caden Stearns, and Jail Skinner because, in my mind, if both of those guys and and I mean I'm you got PJ Locke. You and and go listen to my interview with Justin Simmons. He talks specifically about PJ Locke, right? PJ Locke uh, being a workhorse and you know being a very valuable special teams player. So if Caden Stearns, PJ Locke, Jail Skinner, and Delaren Turner Yell take that next step and they have to make a decision out of those four, you may be seeing Cream Jackson, the surprise, see you later kind of candidate. So I, I think it's a great call out Keith I think uh this is a this is one of the positions to watch just to see who is the one that comes out and top on top right yes this is another one I think from the secondary this is actually my <laughs> my number one position within the secondary and you heard it here first I don't I don't think Kareem Jackson is gonna make it I, I, I'm, I'm just not Kareem Jackson's gonna make it I, I, you're calling I just, it out now I just right. I just I Long don't he's putting his stake you in got, the ground yeah I'm not just, gonna make it not not gonna. I, I, I'm excited to see Stearns and Skinner though. Like, well, again, we already know what Stearns is, but yeah, seeing him training camp and competing with Skinner, and what I've seen from Skinner on tape was just whew. so that's going to be a very exciting battle. I'll be watching that one as well, Keith. Like that, that's a good one. That's a good one. And and don't forget, Skinner fell in the draft. He, yeah. People can look at his draft stats, and say, oh, he's a six round pick. He's practice squad guy. Skinner fell in the draft because he was injured. Injured. He didn't get to complete the training or the the um the bowl games, the senior bowl games, or he was either at the senior bowl or shrine camp. He couldn't complete it. Right, got to see a little bit of him. Couldn't do the combine. He he. I think he was before that was maybe a third thirdish round pick, maybe early fourth something. Like that. He dropped a full two rounds. So he has the skill, the talent. He brings the heat. He can hit. Not as great a cover guy, but I mean, you compare him. With Simmons have Jail Skinner down, kind of you know playing that box, uh, you know moving into the box yeah. once in a while type guy. If they want, I mean he's ver- he's got that versatility to pair with someone like a Simmons. So I, I wouldn't count him out of the race by any means for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, most definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a quick one here from from Dom because this is uh, the Hall of Fame. Is uh, I love talking. I talk the Hall of Fame all day. Uh, and Dom's question is: Thomas, do you think Mike? We'll enter the hall this summer. Mike Shanahan. You know, I the only reason I say no is because I think Randy Gratishar is going to get in. I, I He has to. I'm so tired of seeing him waiting. It's kind of like it's going to – it's like a volcano ready to erupt if he doesn't get in again. People are going to be pretty <laughs> upset in my mind. Uh, I, I already seen, a, you know, Hall of Fame voter pushing somebody else in the same position, Carl Banks. You know, that, that should be – that should be pushed aside. I think it's Gratishar's year, and I think if he, if that, if Gratishar gets in, they might make uh, Shanahan wait one more year, so they're not putting multiple Broncos in at once. But th- it's happened before. There's been multiple players and coaches and stuff go in at the same time, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, you know, say that it's impossible. But I think that if they see Gratishar's getting in, they might make uh, Shanahan wait a year. I'm not sure. Uh, you never know. It's such a it's one of those things where it's like a, you never know what they're going to vote. You know, the, the Hall of Fame voters do crazy stuff all the time. They put somebody in that you're just scratching your head. You know, when they put in uh, Carmichael over Drew Pearson in that one, you know, Centennial class. I mean, everybody was like, what is going on? Right. But uh, you never know. So I hope Shannon gets in. He deserves it. You know, I put out a, I, I put out a, you know, top 
countdown of snubs for Broncos for the Hall of Fame. He's definitely on there. You know, and they got Dan Reeves on the list as well. I think he, you know, he gets a bad rep because he never won a Super Bowl, but my God, he went to nine. Yeah. Yeah. As a player, <laughs> assistant, and and uh, uh head coach. I mean, that was before Belichick and Brady came along. That was that was it. That was the record. So, and then the surprise for me was Alex Gibbs getting in, man. Uh I'm not that he doesn't deserve that semifinal status. It's just I'm surprised, you know, that he was actually pushed into the semifinals. He's incredible. But uh yeah, thanks for coming in, Dom. What are your thoughts, uh, Ron, on the whole Hall of Fame and Mike Shanahan. Yeah, this summer, I think it's going to be another year or two. I, I would like for him to get in there this summer. But, I, yeah, I think it's going to be Gratishar Just Because I'm with you, Thomas. I, I think Gratishar is long overdue. Like, yeah. on, on my list, that was the first one. I was like, mm, he needs to be on. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I would say Gratishar for sure. And, I yeah, I'd probably say mm, next year they'll, they'll probably have. Yeah, it it's one of those things that it's not just Broncos fans anymore that are upset that Randy Gratishar isn't in. There's other, I mean, I talked to tons of Hall of Fame kind of historians and stuff. All of them, not all of them, but most of them think he should get in this year, should have got in last year. They have him at the top of their, their list. You know, they're not even fans of the Broncos, and they're saying Gratishar is the biggest snub. So it it is one of those things that needs to um, needs to get rectified this year. It's just, it's incredible. I mean, the problem I have with it too, is they let these people wait and sit out there and then, you know, they're, they're, they pass away, you know? And then mm-hmm. it's like, then they put them in. It's like, come on, let them, let them get in there when they have the opportunity to enjoy that gold jacket. You know, that's what I'm right. talking about. And exactly. Keith's coming in with another hall of fame uh, comment here saying, are there any hall of famers on our roster? And if so, who are they? Well, I'll tell you right now, Russell Wilson was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He was going to be in the Hall of Fame, totally fell on his face last year, which may have hurt that candidacy. But if he bounces back, he's back in there, uh, back on the on that course. I mean, the, if you look at what he accomplished, you look at his numbers adjusted for error versus others. He has this, the passing uh, stats. The He has the Super Bowl win. He's been the t- to two. Now, he doesn't have the MVP, but he went to – He's been to what nine uh super or uh, pro bowls. So I think mm-hmm. I think he has the the hardware already. But if you you know if you're looking at somebody kind of a younger, you know, less established person like that, um I think it's uh Pat Sertan yep. if he continues with what he's doing. And I think he's he's gonna be one of those first ballot hall of fame types in my mind. Yep. yep. What do you think, Ron? Yeah, that's a good question, Keith. I would yeah, um I would say yeah, on that trajectory of Hall of Fame, yeah, definitely PS2. Um, you can even argue, I mean, Justin Simmons, perhaps. Um, you know, he can definitely be on, on that trajectory. But yeah, those those would be um the two just because of you know what what their body of work has been so far. But yeah, PS2 without a question. If if he continues to ball out, um you know, in years to come, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, um, you know, he will be in the in the Hall of Fame. And I think ESPN just came out with their rankings of the top corners and, you know, he's number one, which shouldn't yeah. be a surprise. They got it right. <laughs> so. Yeah, deservedly so. I mean, I know that there's other, you know, bigger, uh, bigger area, you know, media areas like New York that people get pushed and stuff. But if you watch, if you watch the actual play on the field he should be number one because yeah. he is just yeah. it's plain and simple but yeah uh we got a uh question here or not a question a comment from michael so we're going to get back into the training camp thing back into the uh, current broncos and whatnot what they're mm-hmm. doing he says the broncos running backs are also going to be a position to watch out for during training camp ron uh what are your thoughts on that because I, I think it's uh true but maybe not maybe not what you're thinking yeah, this is a good one, Michael. I, I I saw this one, and you're, you're right. This is this will be intriguing as well, um, particularly, you know, as we get to that third um, spot. Like, who's going to between Troy Jones Jr. and Batty and McLaughlin? I'm I'm curious to see <laughs> how that is going to play out. Um, yeah, so that that's going to be in, in, intriguing for sure. Um, but it's also going to be intriguing really to see how also Javante Williams 
looks. I mean, I think, you know, when you guys go up close and personal, it's, it's going to be, <laughs> I'm fascinated to see, you know, what you guys come back with, um, how, how he looks um, doing the training camp era. But yeah, that, that who's going to battle for that third spot after Williams and P Ryan. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how that, how that plays out for sure, Michael. So that, that is a good point. Yeah. And, and from my perspective, the number one thing I want to see is just how ready Javante Williams is, yeah. right? It, that's a, that to me is number one. Like if they're saying he's ready and he really is ready, that's a huge, a huge boon for this position group. And then secondary to that, it's going to be who, who gets that third running back spot, right? It's going to be a battle for that third running back spot. And I think if Javante Williams is healthy, that kind of kicks uh, Tony Jones Jr. out of that kind of change of pace type back, so to speak. Uh, so you might see him kind of, you know, fall to the back, uh, but that, you know, finding that kind of change of pace guy, so to speak, mm -hmm. to pair with Piran and, and Williams is going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Uh, and they don't have many on the roster. So it's not, they, they kind of already narrowed down who they want, right? They've got, I think it's five running backs on the roster in total yep. going into training camp, which is strange because you want more bodies for the wear and tear, but they're, right. they, they have no, they don't seem to have any design to bring anybody else in to really, uh, you know, challenge those kind of lower end uh, guys on the roster. I mean, they're going to let them battle it out. So, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun one. I, that's another position group. Uh, I think the other one that I'm super interested in really is is can the two young defensive linemen that they drafted last year, Wazirike and Henningsen, take that next step and be that rotational piece that they absolutely need. Uh, to fill out that defensive line. So that they, that's to me is a, another intriguing one. Yeah. And uh, Mike, uh, Eddie's coming back in with another super chat. So thank you so much, man. That's you, awesome. And he just wanted to give us a compliment. So I'm going to read it and I, and we appreciate the support and the compliments I just want to tell you guys that I really enjoy your show. Didn't tell you that before. Keep up your good work. I enjoy your discussions and go Broncos. Thank you for that, Mike. Thank really you, Mike. appreciate that. That's uh, um. That's really nice to hear because, you know, we, we put in the work and we come here on a, a Saturday, you know, we have our, we have to be here, you know, we kind of have to work around our weekends and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so it's good to hear. Thank you for that. Yeah, that goes a long way, Michael. Thank you very much um, for that comment. We appreciate you. And, you know, you, you know, you guys are, you know, the reason why these discussions are happening as well, you know, the, the commentary, the questions, um, so it's good to, you know, have you guys as insight, um, too. So we, we enjoy working with all of you, um, and having this nice discussion about our Broncos. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And we got a uh, shout out to Howie freaking day coming in with Facebook stars. Howie, thank you for the support. Thanks for being here on your thank Saturday. You, really, really appreciate it. And then we got Lawrence also coming in with some more Facebook stars. So again, thank you coming with a, a question who, uh, this one's a good one. Uh, and he says, what do you guys think? Patrick Satan two or champ Bailey, both as rookies who you taking? Uh, and I have my opinion on it, Ron, and I can go first if you want. Uh, I would, and it's, it's kind of blasphemy, right. For me to say this champ Bailey as a, in his prime had two, one of the best seasons of any quarterback cornerback in history and probably two consecutive seasons of the best ever by a cornerback in history. That was in his prime. I think PS2 as a rookie was more ready to be a cornerback in the NFL than Champ Bailey was. And and top of it, Champ Bailey wanted to also play offense and you know he wanted to do more so it wasn't completely focused on there, but as rookies, right? As a rookie year, uh I think PS2 was more ready to to jump in there, but to take them as a building block, I'm always going with Champ Bailey. One of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. Pat Pat Sertan may get there. I don't know. He's his second year. He's going his third year. I, I can't say that. But, I mean, I'm always taking Champ Bailey over just about any cornerback in the NFL history. Thank Lawrence, yeah, thank you. This is a good question. And, yeah, as a rookie, I agree, Thomas. Like, that draft with PS2 and J.C. Horn, like, I, there was no doubt in my mind the best corner in that draft was Patrick Sertan. And – you know, the tape at Alabama just solidified um, my stance. Um, what he was able to do at Alabama um, 
was just second to none. So him coming out of Alabama and then his rookie season, what he was able to do, just go one-on-one with, with receivers rookie year. Um, and I, I think, you know, building a team, you know, from a, with a rookie cornerback as PS2's caliber, that would be who I would take moving forward. Again, taking nothing away from Champ Bailey, because I agree with you. Like, you know, if we're looking at body of work, obviously Champ's been in the league a while, and, you know, he had those prolific seasons. And I'm going to – I'm a big Champ Bailey fan, so I'm going to take Champ Bailey as far as the complete body of work. But as a rookie, yep, rookie season being drafted, I'm taking PS2. Yeah. We got another kind of Hall of Fame question. I love these Hall of Fame. I- I love them. And, you know, come in and if you really want to talk history, go on my show Friday mornings, Legend of Mile High. We will talk history all day long, Hall of Fame all day long. William Hayes is coming in with 97 and a half sacks and 10 healthy seasons. Why isn't Simon Fletcher considered for the Hall of Fame? And I'm going to tell you right now, Simon Fletcher, in my mind, is probably the most underrated player in NFL history. Why I say that is because he had so many great seasons, never once got invited to the pro bowl in his, he had a season, I think it was 93, but uh, I don't quote me on that where his uh, body of work should have put him in the running for defensive player of the year. And he didn't even get a sniff. People overlook Simon Fletcher for years. He's never going to get in the hall of fame. He just won't because he doesn't have the, the hardware, right? Great player overlooked had the uh, 97 and a half sacks were the most by any Bronco until Von Miller uh, actually beat that mark, but he held that. I mean, he, you know, it's from the nineties so nobody could come in and beat him. I think uh, Doomerville probably would have had he not had the fax machine fiasco, but yeah, Simon Fletcher, the most underrated player in, in the NFL, not just Bronco in the NFL, in my mind. Yeah. Simon Fletcher. I don't think he's going to get in there either, but yeah, you're right. 97 sacks, uh, two interceptions, 10 fumble recoveries in that 11-year career. Um, I think he is. Yeah, he's already in the Broncos ring of Hall of Fame, but ring of fame, but yeah, getting into the the Hall of Fame, I I just don't see it happening. But yeah, he's definitely underrated. Um what he was able to do um you know, with the Broncos, I believe there was one game I think he had like four sacks against Minnesota, I believe that tied a franchise record. You know, so again, things like that with milestones is is impressive, but I, I just don't see it happening, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, and and I I always go back to him and Rulon Jones. You know, if they if they played in today's game, mm-hmm. they would be probably Hall of Famers. I mean, in this pass rush, happy they were excellent pass rushers, and uh, I think Rulon Jones was uh, uh, utilized in the wrong way. He was a down lineman in a three four on the defense. He should have been a stand up. Uh, pass rusher or, you know, four, three defensive end. He'd have been in the hall of fame in today's game. Excellent pass rusher. Both of them are, neither one of them are going to get in the hall of fame. It's just the way it is. I mean, we can barely get, you know, Randy Gratishar in. There's is no way Simon Fletcher or even Rulon Jones is going to get in there. Just not going to happen. And Gary Palmer's coming with a kudos to the fans. You make this show rock. Absolutely. That's why we're here. Thank you for pointing that out, Gary. Uh, you guys have great questions. We love it. And, uh, uh, you know, keep them coming. And then we got Dom is coming in one more hall of fame kind of question, so to speak saying, do you believe Thomas once Randy is in the hall, they will retire his number. I don't think so. Right. Cause they, you know, they could have, but they haven't, they haven't done it and um, they could have already retired it. I don't think they will. They, they may kind of revisit that, but you know, Floyd Little was his number was retired. Obviously, it's a different. He was he saved the franchise, so he got retired. Before he was in the Hall of Fame. So um, I think Frank Trapuca, uh, he they retired his number. He's not going to get in the Hall of Fame. So I don't know if Hall of Fame is the the key to that kind of uh, uh, you know retiring that number. I think it it's what he did for the team. Now, if Randy Gratishar and that Orange Crush defense had won that Super Bowl, and I'm I'm. Don't get me wrong. They should have eight turnovers by their offense is very hard for even the best defense to overcome, you know, but if they had taken that 77 Super Bowl, that might be a different story, you know, Uh, but it just, I think they, they, I think the Broncos kind of, it's not just how good of a player it is. It's what the impact they had on the franchise to retire that number. Uh, And obviously Floyd Little's impact was tremendous. One of the key reasons why, 
they're still in Denver. Obviously, John Elway, I mean, for sure. Frank Trapuca was, you know, someone that came in and, and really kind of helped bring the franchise, you know, some uh, validity at all, even when they were bad, you know, early on. And then, of course, uh, Peyton Manning, right? I mean, you, you uh, retire his number as well. So I think that's kind of their mentality. I could be wrong with this new ownership. Could be completely different. Uh, they may they may do that, but I, I don't know. I don't see it. Okay, let's see. We're going to do the chat here. Let's see. So we have a newer name. I'm not familiar with this name, GM yeah. Arnego. Thank you for coming in. Welcome. Uh, it says, sup, welcome. Broncos country only. Yes, well, what's up with you? Again, welcome to the conversation. It's great to have you. And then he brings up another comment here after that. says, we finally have the coaches. Yes, Jim. Yes. <laughs> we finally <Baltimore>. got <laughs> the long-awaited thing, the thing that should really kind of take this thing to the next level. The coaching is in place. So, again, you know, we do have that optimism that um, Sean Payton is going to turn this thing around. And again, thank you for coming in and welcome. It's great. Yeah, and yeah, thank you for the comment too. I mean, everybody's been talking about it, but it's not just you. You hit hit it on the head with coaches. Yeah, Sean Payton is a big name, but they brought in some great kind of uh, assistant coaches, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about defensive coordinator. I'm talking about assistant coaches, like assistant. teaching coaches, people that are up and comers. Like you're going to see a couple of these guys down the road getting head coaching positions Mm -hmm. if they continue to ascend the way that they're looking. So I think you're right. It's the coaches, not just the head coach. So thanks for that. Yes. All right. Uh, I think we're kind of winding down, Ron, in the comments. I think we're going to call this an evening and let you all go back to your uh, Saturday nights. But um, thank you so much, really. Um, Appreciate the support that you gave us tonight. Appreciate the, uh, the, the comments and as always, we appreciate you taking your Saturday night to come here and listen to us and stick with us because it's going to be, this show is going to be rocking and rolling the night before the games start yes. coming up. Yeah, we're going to be the preview show, really, for uh, for the Broncos. So stick with us. Ron, say goodbye, and we will end the show. Yes, guys. Again, thank you for joining um, the show. Get excited. You know, once once training camp starts and once these games kick off, we will be the show to tune into to look at the opponents, certain matchups and such. So it's going to be fun and exciting. Yep. And again, make sure you uh, like, subscribe, share with all the platforms. Um, go to our merch site. Buy yourself some nice old Mile High Huddle swag. And also go to SI.com. Um, of course, there's so much content articles on um, some of the position battles, as we were mentioning, um, some predictions on, you know, who will make the team and things leading up to training camp. So um, be sure to t- check that out as well. Yep. And just want to say thank you to Mike Ron Q coming in saying great show tonight. Thomas you, and Ron and Orange and Blue View go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you, Mike, for being here. As always, we we much appreciate it. Have have a great evening, Broncos fans, and go Broncos. Go Broncos.